part four sections six and seven of the song of the lark this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by shi pingling the song of the lark by willis cyber cather part four sections six and seven section six day was breaking over panther canyon the gulf was cold and full of heavy purplish twilight the wood smoke which drifted from one of the cliff houses hung in a blue scarf across the chasm until the draft caught it and whirled it away thea was crouching in the doorway of her rock house while ottenburg looked after the crackling fire in the next cave he was waiting for it to burn down to coals before he put the coffee on to boil they had left the ranch house that morning a little after three o'clock having packed their camp equipment the day before and had crossed the open pasture land with their lantern while the stars were still bright during the descent into the canyon by lantern light they were chilled through their coats and sweaters the lantern crept slowly along the rock trail where the heavy air seemed to offer resistance the voice of the stream at the bottom of the gorge was hollow and threatening much louder and deeper than it ever was by day another voice altogether the sullenness of the place seemed to say that the world could get on very well without people red or white that under the human world there was a geological world conducting its silent immense operations which were indifferent to men thea had often seen the desert sunrise a light-hearted affair where the sun springs out of bed and the world is golden in an instant but this canyon seemed to waken like an old man with room and stiffness of the joints with heaviness and a dull malignant mind she crouched against the wall while the stars faded and thought what courage the early races must have had to endure so much for the little they got out of life alas a kind of hopefulness broke in the air in a moment the pine trees up on the edge of the rim were flashing with coppery fire the thin red clouds which hung above their pointed tops began to boil and move rapidly weaving in and out like smoke the swallows darted out of their rock houses as at a signal and flew upward toward the rim little brown birds began to chirp in the bushes along the watercourse down at the bottom of the ravine where everything was still dusky and pale at first the golden light seemed to hang like a wave upon the rim of the canyon the trees and bushes up there which one scarcely noticed at noon stood out magnified by the slanting rays long thin streaks of light began to reach quiveringly down into the canyon the red sun rose rapidly above the tops of the blazing pines and its glow burst into the gulf about the very doorstep on which thea sat it bored into the wet dark underbrush the dripping cherry bushes the pale aspens 
and the frosty pinions were glittering and trembling swimming in the liquid gold all the pale dusty little herbs of the bean family never seen by anyone but a botanist became for a moment individual and important their silky leaves quite beautiful with dew and light the arch of sky overhead heavy as lead a little while before lifted became more and more transparent and one could look up into depths of pearly blue the savour of coffee and bacon mingled with the smell of wet cedars drying and fred called to thea that he was ready for her they sat down in the doorway of his kitchen with the warmth of the live coals behind them and the sunlight on their faces and began their breakfast mrs biltmer's thick coffee cups and the cream bottle between them the coffee-pot and frying-pan conveniently keeping hot among the embers i thought you were going back on the whole proposition thea when you were crawling alone with that lantern i couldn't get a word out of you i know i was cold and hungry and i didn't believe there was going to be any morning anyway didn't you feel queer at all fred squinted above his smoking cup well i'm never strong for getting up before the sun the world looks unfinished when i first lit the fire and had a square look at you i thought i'd got the wrong girl pale green you were a sight thea leaned back into the shadow of the rock room and warmed her hands over the coals it was dismal enough how warm these walls are all the way round and your breakfast is so good i'm all right now fred yes you're all right now fred lit a cigarette and looked at her critically as her head emerged into the sun again you get up every morning just a little bit handsomer than you were the day before i'd love you just as much if you were not turning into one of the loveliest women i've ever seen but you are and that's a fact to be reckoned with he watched her across the thin line of smoke he blew from his lips what are you going to do with all that beauty and all that talent miss kronborg she turned away to the fire again i don't know what you're talking about she muttered with an awkwardness which did not conceal her pleasure ottenburg laughed softly oh yes you do nobody better you are a close one but you give yourself away sometimes like everybody else do you know i've decided that you never do a single thing without an ulterior motive he threw away his cigarette took out his tobacco pouch and began to fill his pipe you ride and fence and walk and climb but i know that all the while you are getting somewhere in your mind all these things are instruments and i too am an instrument he looked up in time to intercept a quick startled glance from thea oh i don't mind he chuckled not a bit every woman every interesting woman has ulterior motives many of them less credible than yours it's your constancy that amuses me you must have been doing it ever since you were two feet high Thea looked slowly up at her companion's good-humoured face. His eyes, sometimes too restless and sympathetic in town, had grown steadier and clearer in the open air. 
his short curly beard and yellow hair had reddened in the sun and wind the pleasant vigor of his person was always delightful to her something to signal to and laugh with in a world of negative people with fred she was never becalmed there was always life in the air always something coming and going a rhythm of feeling and action stronger than the natural accord of youth as she looked at him leaning against the sunny wall she felt a desire to be frank with him she was not wilfully holding anything back but on the other hand she could not force things that held themselves back yes it was like that when i was little she said at last i had to be close as you call it or go under but i didn't know i had been like that since you came i've had nothing to be close about i haven't thought about anything but having a good time with you i've just drifted fred blew a trail of smoke out into the breeze and looked knowing yes you drift like a rifle ball my dear it's your your direction that i like best of all most fellows wouldn't you know i'm unusual they both laughed but thea frowned questioningly why wouldn't most fellows other fellows have liked me yes serious fellows you told me yourself they were all old or solemn but jolly fellows want to be the whole target they would say you were all brain and muscle that you have no feeling she glanced at him sidewise oh they would would they of course they would fred continued blandly jolly fellows have no imagination they want to be the animating force when they are not around they want a girl to be extinct he waved his hand old fellows like mr nathan mayer understand your kind but among the young ones you are rather lucky to have found me even i wasn't always so wise i've had my time of thinking it would not bore me to be the apollo of a homey flat and i've paid out a trifle to learn better all those things get very tedious unless they are hooked up with an idea of some sort it's because we don't come out here only to look at each other and drink coffee that it's so pleasant to look at each other fred drew on his pipe for a while studying thea's abstraction she was staring up at the far wall of the canyon with a troubled expression that drew her eyes narrow and her mouth hard her hands lay in her lap one over the other the fingers interlacing suppose fred came out at length suppose i were to offer you what most of the young men i know would offer a girl they'd been sitting up nights about a comfortable flat in chicago a summer camp up in the woods musical evenings and a family to bring up would it look attractive to you thea sat up straight and stared at him in alarm glared into his eyes perfectly hideous she exclaimed fred dropped back against the old stonework and laughed deep in his chest well don't be frightened i won't offer them you're not a nest-building bird you know i always liked your song me for the jolt of the breakers i understand she rose impatiently and walked to the edge of the cliff 
it's not that so much it's waking up every morning with the feeling that your life is your own and your strength is your own and your talent is your own that you are all there and there is no sag in you she stood for a moment as if she were tortured by uncertainty then turned suddenly back to him don't talk about these things any more now she entreated it isn't that i want to keep anything from you the trouble is that i've got nothing to keep except you know as well as i that feeling i told you about it in chicago once but it always makes me unhappy to talk about it it will spoil the day will you go for a climb with me she held out her hands with a smile so eager that it made ottenburg feel how much she needed to get away from herself he sprang up and caught the hands she put out so cordially and stood swinging them back and forth i won't tease you a word's enough to me but i love it all the same understand he pressed her hands and dropped them now where are you going to drag me i want you to drag me over there to the other houses they are more interesting than these she pointed across the gorge to the row of white houses in the other cliff the trail is broken away but i got up there once it's possible you have to go to the bottom of the canyon cross the creek and then go up hand over hand ottenburg lounging against the sunny wall his hands in the pockets of his jacket looked across at the distant dwellings it's an awful climb he sighed when i could be perfectly happy here with my pipe however he took up his stick and hat and followed thea down the water trail do you climb this path every day you surely earn your bath i went down and had a look at your pool the other afternoon neat place with all those little cottonwoods must be very becoming think so thea said over her shoulder as she swung round a turn yes and so do you evidently i'm becoming expert at reading your meaning in your back i'm behind you so much on these single foot trails you don't wear stays do you not here i wouldn't anywhere if i were you they will make you less elastic the side muscles get flabby if you go in for opera there is a fortune in the flexible body most of the german singers are clumsy even when they are well set up thea switched a pinion branch back at him oh i'll never get fat that i can promise you fred smiled looking after her keep that promise no matter how many others you break he drawled the upward climb after they had crossed the stream was at first a breathless scramble through the underbrush when they reached the big boulders ottenburg went first because he had the longer lake reach and gave thea a hand when the step was quite young her swinging her up until she could get a foothold at last they reached a little platform among the rocks with only a hundred feet of jagged sloping wall between them and the cliff houses ottenburg lay down under a pine tree and declared that he was going to have a pipe before he went any farther it's a good thing to know when to stop thea he said meaningly i'm not going to stop now until i get there thea insisted i'll go on alone 
Fred settled his shoulder against the tree trunk. Go on, if you like, but I'm here to enjoy myself. If you meet a rattler on the way, have it out with him. She hesitated, fanning herself with her felt hat. I never have met one. There's reasoning for you, Fred murmured languidly. Thea turned away resolutely and began to go up the wall, using an irregular cleft in the rock for a path. The cliff, which looked almost perpendicular from the bottom, was really made up of ledges and boulders, and behind these she soon disappeared. For a long while Fred smoked with half-closed eyes, smiling to himself now and again. Occasionally he lifted an eyebrow as he heard the rattle of small stones among the rocks above. In a temper, he concluded, do her good. Then he subsided into warm drowsiness and listened to the locusts in the yakas and the tap-tap of the old woodpecker that was never weary of assaulting the big pine. Fred had finished his pipe and was wondering whether he wanted another when he heard a call from the cliff far above him. Looking up, he saw Thea standing on the edge of a projecting crack. She waved to him and threw her arm over her head, as if she were snapping her fingers in the air. As he saw her there between the sky and the gulf, with that great wash of air and the morning light about her, Fred recalled the brilliant figure and Mrs. Nathan Mayers. Thea was one of those people who emerged unexpectedly larger than we are accustomed to see them. Even at this distance, one got the impression of muscular energy and audacity, a kind of brilliancy of motion, of a personality that carried across big spaces and expanded among big things. Lying still, with his hands under his head, Ottenberg rhetorically addressed the figure in the air. You are the sort that used to run wild in Germany dressed in their hair and a piece of skin soldiers caught them in nets old nathan mayer he mused would like a peep at her now knowing old fellow always buying those zorn etchings of peasant girls bathing no sack in them either must be the cold climate he set up she'll begin to pitch rocks on me if i don't move in response to another impatient gesture from the crack, he rose and began swinging slowly up the trail. It was the afternoon of that long day. Thea was lying on a blanket in the door of her rock house. She and Ottenberg had come back from their climb and had lunch, and he had gone off for a nap in one of the cliff houses farther down the path. He was sleeping peacefully his coat under his head, and his face turned toward the wall. Thea, too, was drowsy, and lay looking through half-closed eyes up at the blazing blue arch over the rim of the canyon. She was thinking of nothing at all. Her mind, like her body, was full of warmth, lassitude, physical content. Suddenly, an eagle, tawny and of great size, sailed over the cleft in which she lay across the arch of sky he dropped for a moment into the gulf between the walls then wheeled 
and mounted until his plumage was so steep in light that he looked like a golden bird he swept on following the course of the canyon a little way and then disappearing beyond the rim thea sprang to her feet as if she had been thrown up from the rock by volcanic action she stood rigid on the edge of the stone shelf straining her eyes after that strong tawny flight o eagle of eagles endeavor achievement desire glorious striving of human art from a cleft in the heart of the world she saluted it it had come all the way when men lived in caves it was there a vanished race but along the trails in a stream under the spreading cactus there still glittered in the sun the bits of their frail clay vessels fragments of their desire section seven from the day of fred's arrival he and thea were unceasingly active they took long rides into the navajo pine forests bought turquoises and silver bracelets from the wandering indian herdsmen and rode twenty miles to flagstaff upon the slightest pretext thea had never felt this pleasant excitement about any man before and she found herself trying very hard to please young ottenburg she was never tired never dull there was a zest about waking up in the morning and dressing about walking riding even about sleep one morning when thea came out from her room at seven o'clock she found henry and fred on the porch looking up at the sky the day was already hot and there was no breeze the sun was shining but heavy brown clouds were hanging in the west like the smoke of a forest fire she and fred had meant to ride to flagstaff that morning but biltmer advised against it foretelling a storm after breakfast they lingered about the house waiting for the weather to make up its mind fred had brought his guitar and as they had the dining-room to themselves he made thea go over some songs with him they got interested and kept it up until mrs biltmer came to set the table for dinner ottenburg knew some of the mexican things spanish johnny used to sing thea had never before happened to tell him about spanish johnny and he seemed more interested in johnny than in dr archie or wunsch after dinner they were too restless to endure the ranch house any longer and ran away to the canyon to practice with single sticks fred carried a slicker and a sweater and he made thea wear one of the rubber hats that hung in biltmer's gun-room as they crossed the pasture land the clumsy slicker kept catching in the lacings of his leggings why don't you drop that thing thea asked i won't mind a shower i've been wet before no use taking chances from the canyon they were unable to watch the sky since only a strip of the zenith was visible the flat ledge about the watch-tower was the only level spot large enough for single-stick exercise and they were still practicing there when at about four o'clock a tremendous roll of thunder echoed between the cliffs and the atmosphere suddenly became thick fred thrust the sticks in a cleft in the rock 
we're in for it thea better make for your cave where there are blankets he caught her elbow and hurried her along the path before the cliff houses they made the half mile at a quick trot and as they ran the rocks and the sky and the air between the cliffs turned a turbid green like the color in a moss agate when they reached the blanketed rock room they looked at each other and laughed their faces had taken on a greenish pallor thea's hair even was green darkest pitch in here fred exclaimed as they hurried over the old rock doorstep but it's warm the rocks hold the heat it's going to be terribly cold outside all right he was interrupted by a deafening peal of thunder lord what an echo lucky you don't mind it's worth watching out there we needn't come in yet the green light grew murkier and murkier the smaller vegetation was blotted out the yakas the cedars and pinions stood dark and rigid like bronze the swallows flew up with sharp terrified twitterings even the quaking asps were still while fred and thea watched from the doorway the light changed to purple clouds of dark vapor like chlorine gas began to float down from the head of the canyon and hung between them and the cliff houses in the opposite wall before they knew it the wall itself had disappeared the air was positively venomous looking and grew colder every minute the thunder seemed to crash against one cliff then against the other and to go shrieking off into the inner canyon the moment the rain broke it beat the vapors down in a gulf before them the water fell in spouts and dashed from the high cliffs overhead it tore aspens and chokeberry bushes out of the ground and left the yakas hanging by their tough roots only the little cedars stood black and unmoved in the torrents that fell from so far above the rock chamber was full of fine spray from the streams of water that shot over the doorway thea crept to the back wall and rolled herself in a blanket and fred threw the heavier blankets over her the wool of the navajo sheep was soon kindled by the warmth of her body and was impenetrable to dampness her hair where it hung below the rubber hat gathered the moisture like a sponge fred put on the slicker tied the sweater about his neck and settled himself cross-legged beside her the chamber was so dark that although he could see the outline of her head and shoulders he could not see her face he struck a wax match to light his pipe as he sheltered it between his hands it sizzled and sputtered throwing a yellow flicker over thea and her blankets you look like a gypsy he said as he dropped the match anyone you'd rather be shut up with than me no sure about that i think i am aren't you cold not especially fred smoked in silence listening to the roar of the water outside we may not get away from here right away he remarked i shan't mind shall you 
he laughed grimly and pulled on his pipe do you know where you are at miss thea kronborg he said at last you've got me going pretty hard i suppose you know i've had a lot of sweethearts but i have never been so much engrossed before what are you going to do about it he heard nothing from the blankets are you going to play fair or is it about my cue to cut away i'll play fair i don't see why you want to go what do you want me around for to play with thea struggled up among the blankets i want you for everything i don't know whether i'm what people call in love with you or not in moonstone that meant sitting in a hammock with somebody i don't want to sit in a hammock with you but i want to do almost everything else oh hundreds of things if i run away will you go with me i don't know i'll have to think about that maybe i would she freed herself from her wrappings and stood up it's not raining so hard now hadn't we better start this minute it will be night before we get to biltmer's fred struck another match it's seven i don't know how much of the path may be washed away i don't even know whether i ought to let you try it without a lantern thea went to the doorway and looked out there's nothing else to do the sweater and the slicker will keep me dry and this will be my chance to find out whether these shoes are really watertight they cost a week's salary she retreated to the back of the cave it's getting blacker every minute ottenburg took a brandy flask from his coat pocket better have some of this before we start can you take it without water thea lifted it obediently to her lips she put on the sweater and fred helped her to get the clumsy slicker on over it he buttoned it and fastened the high collar she could feel that his hands were hurried and clumsy the coat was too big and he took off his necktie and belted it in at the waist while she tucked her hair more securely under the rubber head he stood in front of her between her and the gray doorway without moving are you ready to go she asked carelessly if you are he spoke quietly without moving except to bend his head forward a little thea laughed and put her hands on his shoulders you know how to handle me don't you she whispered for the first time she kissed him without constraint or embarrassment thea 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 fred whispered her name three times shaking her a little as if to waken her it was too dark to see but he could feel that she was smiling when she kissed him she had not hidden her face on his shoulder she had risen a little on her toes and stood straight and free in that moment when he came close to her actual personality he felt in her the same expansion that he had noticed at mrs nathan mayer's she became freer and stronger under impulses when she rose to meet him like that he felt her flash into everything that she had ever suggested to him as if she filled out her own shadow she pushed him away and shot past him out into the rain now for it fred she called back exultantly the rain was pouring steadily down through the dying gray twilight 
and muddy streams were spouting and foaming over the cliff. Fred caught her and held her back. Keep behind me, Thea. I don't know about the path. It may be gone altogether. Can't tell what there is under this water. But the path was older than the white man's Arizona. The rush of water had washed away the dust and stones that lay on the surface, but the rock skeleton of the Indian trail was there, ready for the foot. Where the streams poured down through gullies, there was always a cedar or a pinion to cling to. By wading and slipping and climbing, they got along. As they neared the head of the canyon, where the path lifted and rose in steep loops to the surface of the plateau, the climb was more difficult. The earth above had broken away and washed down over the trail, bringing rocks and bushes and even young trees with it. The last ghost of daylight was dying, and there was no time to lose. The canyon behind them was already black. We've got to go right through the top of this pine tree, Thea. No time to hunt a way around. Give me your hand. After they had crashed through the mass of branches, Fred stopped abruptly. Gosh, what a hole. Can you jump it? Wait a minute. He cleared the washout, slipped on the wet rock at the farther side, and caught himself just in time to escape a tumble. If I could only find something to hold to, I could give you a hand. It's so cursed dark and there are no trees here where they are needed. Here's something. It's a root. It will hold all right. He braced himself on the rock, gripped the crooked root with one hand, and swung himself across toward Thea, holding out his arm. Good jump. I must say you don't lose your nerve in a tight place. Can you keep at it a little longer? We're almost out. Have to make that next ledge. Put your foot on my knee and catch something to pull by. Thea went up over his shoulder. It's hard ground up here, she panted. Did I wrench your arm when I slipped then? It was a cactus I grabbed, and it startled me. Now, one more pull, and we're on the level. They emerged gasping upon the black plateau. In the last five minutes, the darkness had solidified and it seemed as if the sky were pouring black water. They could not see where the sky ended or the plain began. The light at the ranch house burned a steady spark through the rain. Fred drew Thea's arm through his, and they struck off toward the light. They could not see each other, and the rain at their backs seemed to drive them alone. They kept laughing as they stumbled over turfs of grass, or stepped into slippery pools. They were delighted with each other and with the adventure which lay behind them. I can't even see the whites of your eyes, Thea. But I'd know who was here stepping out with me anywhere. Part coyote you are, by the feel of you. When you make up your mind to jump, you jump. My gracious, what's the matter with your hand? Cactus spines. Didn't I tell you when I grabbed the cactus? I thought it was a root. Are we going straight? I don't know. Somewhere near it, I think. I'm very comfortable, aren't you? You are warm, except your cheeks. How funny they are when they are wet. Still, you always feel like you, 
I like this. I could walk to Flagstaff. It's fun not being able to see anything. I feel sure of you when I can't see you. Will you run away with me? Thea laughed. I won't run far tonight. I'll think about it. Look, Fred, there's somebody coming. Henry with his lantern. Good enough. Hello! Hello! Fred shouted. The moving light bobbed toward them. In half an hour, Thea was in her big feather bed, drinking hot lentil soup, and almost before the soup was swallowed, she was asleep. End of Part 4 Sections 6 and 7 Recording by Shi Pingling, 